but be strong in the Lord. Focus on him. Let him be your foundation and pray. Prayer is the greatest tool that we have, the greatest power that we have. Life changes. Well, I mentioned that just a moment ago, and we come to forks in the road. For the graduates, it's ending high school and then deciding, are we going to college? Uh, moving out of living with someone and moving on your own. Finding a job and making your way through what this world calls life. There are challenges that are in life. Adults, we've been through them, and we still have them today. And we have choices that need to be made. If you would go ahead and take your Bibles and open them to Matthew chapter 6 and uh, understanding that when we get to Matthew chapter 6, we're coming to the end of the Sermon on the Mount. But this reminded me of a book I was reading and in the book, a, a lady shared a story. She lived down in New Orleans and next to her home was a vacant lot. It had been vacant the entire time that she had lived there. And one morning she was getting ready to go to work and she heard the most awfulest racket and commotion going on outside that she had ever heard. And when she looked out there, she saw this big bulldozer and tractor and these big cranes and these big long wooden and concrete pylons. And she wasn't sure what was going on and she went out there and they began to tell her that they were getting ready to build a house on the lot. This would have been after Hurricane Katrina and Rita that this happened, and the construction guy told her that they were going to be taking these pylons, these big long rods or poles, and pounding them down in the ground. But he said, I will assure you that as we do that, we will watch the vibrations, but we must get this pylon down to a firm foundation, something that will hold the house. And then it was said that a building will always move when it is built. I was sharing this uh, part of this with someone the other day. I remember one time being on I-49 up in Shreveport where all of the bridge is raised. You will not believe how much that bridge moves. If you were to get out as I had to and sit there on the side of the road for a while, that bridge is going up and down all the time. But it has a firm foundation that holds it in its total place. Well, this guy was telling her that these buildings will always move. They can rise and sink and slide or a combination of any of these. But a foundation ties the different parts of the building together so that it does not sink unevenly and crack. Foundations also anchor the building to prevent it moving sideways when, for example, if one is built on a slope. So we must have a foundation for which to live our life on so that we are firm where we're at. If you would please stand as we look at Matthew chapter 7. I want to read to you a few verses and then we're going to look at some around that. But verse 24 says, Therefore anyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against that house and yet it did not fall for it had been founded on the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. 
The rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against that house and fell and it was a great fall. When Jesus had finished these words, the crowds were amazed at his teaching for he was teaching them as one having authority, not as their scribes. Father God, I thank you so much this morning for your word. Father, our foundation comes from your word. Our faith, Lord, comes from your word as it depicts who you are. And Father, this morning, I just pray that you would open our eyes and our hearts, Lord, to hear from you and our eyes that we may see you working. Father God, thank you once again for your word and for your love. And Father God, I just pray everything in the precious, most holy name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. We're looking today at choosing your destiny. You know, where is something that happens when this life is over? It's not just being born, living a life on earth, dying, and they bury us in the cemetery, and that's it. There is something after life, and that becomes of two choices. It becomes a heaven or a hell, and we must choose our destiny. And what we're looking at today in these scriptures is what I want to call the main point of what we're looking at is in life there are two choices or paths that you must choose from. The choice is yours and yours alone and determines your life's destiny. Jesus had been on the side of the mountain preaching to the crowds that were there on what we call the Sermon on the Mount. And the verses that we're looking at today is at the end of that Sermon on the Mount. He had been talking about the Beatitudes. He had been talking about the Christian life. He was talking to people who were following him. And we see all through this that there are two choices. Let's take a look, first of all, at there are two ways in life. There is the narrow gate and the wide gate. Let me read to you out of uh, chapter 7, verse 13. Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction. And there are many who enter through it, for the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life. And there are few who find it. Jesus knew. He knew that there was going to be these two ways, the narrow gate and the wide gate. He knew how life was and how sin is fun. And we're just going to be honest with it this morning. Satan makes sin very nice and very enticing. And everybody wants to go the way that the rest of the crowd is going. So wide is the gate that leads to destruction. But the narrow gate. The one that leads to life. What is he talking about? Do we follow the rest of the crowd or do we follow after Jesus? Why is it the narrow gate? Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to me, to the Father, except through me. It's narrow. There's only one way to heaven. There's only one way to life. And that is through Jesus Christ himself. The world says it's wide open. You know, there's some that just come out with the phrase, everyone is going to go to heaven. One way or another, we're all going to end up in heaven. Or some say, if you do enough good works, you'll end up there. If you do enough good things, if you're a, a good person, you talk to someone about heaven and they say, oh yes, I'm going there, I'm a good person. 
Well, none of us are good enough. I'm sorry to spoil that for you. But we have those two ways of the narrow gate and the wide gate. But not only that, Jesus continues on with another choice of two, and he talks about two trees. Look there just a little bit further, beginning in verse 15. It says, Beware of the false prophets who come to you and sleep in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Grapes are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor figs from thistles, are they? So every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit, nor can a bad tree produce good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So then you will know them by their fruits. There's two kinds of trees. There's the good tree and the bad tree. You notice he keeps going on with this two. And we had the narrow gate first and then the wide gate. Now we have the good tree and the bad tree. And it says that we can look and you can tell a person's faith by the fruit they're producing. We begin seeing here in Scripture that we have some actions that we do as believers. Now, I must put forth forward note on that. We do not act for our salvation. We can never be good enough for our salvation. But because of our salvation, there are things that we do as believers, and some of those is bearing fruit, and we can know about the fruit of the Spirit with peace and gentleness and kindness and bearing fruit and sharing the gospel. But there's a good tree and a a bad tree, and God's going to come one day, and guess what? There's going to be a judgment. That judgment will be to determine whose life's in the the book of Lamb. If you accept Jesus Christ, then your name is in the book of life. If you haven't, your name's not there. You'll be able to tell through your life, how do we know? Holy Spirit speaks to us and will confirm to us. And if we're a born-again believer, or he will draw us to himself if we're not. Our life produces fruit We have a life to live through him. But on that judgment day, if there's no fruit, there's no life there, that tree, that life will be cut down and thrown into the fire. Verse 21 and 22 is not on the screens up there, but let me read it to you. It says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name cast out demons and in your name perform miracles? And then I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. That could be a very scary thought. You know, there are many people who sit in a church every day who will not be in heaven. There are many who think they're going that away because of their good life or because they've given to some evangelist on TV or they've at the church every time the doors open or whatever it may be. But he says, depart, I never knew you. I believe this is also saying that you have some who may even stand in a pulpit on a regular basis who will not be in heaven. You know, it's not a matter of what we do, but whose we are. 
Our life after our salvation looks different. Can you imagine here even Jesus is speaking to the crowds and he had his disciples and one who was going right on along with them, Judas, the one that portrayed Jesus. He might have very well been a part of being active in some of the miracles that took place, but when his day came, he had made his decision. But what I want us to really focus on are the the two foundations because I believe that they're vitally important in life today. The two foundations. Let's look there at verse 24. It says, There everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against that house, and yet it did not fall, for it had been founded on the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against that house and it fell and great was its fall. There are two foundations. There are the rock and there are sand. They understood that very much in Jesus' day as they would build houses, and it was not uncommon in their area, especially out in the desert area, that storms would just come up. And these would be fierce storms. And if you wanted your house to stand the test of time, just like down in New Orleans, they have to take those pylons and they have to drive them down in the ground until they can find a, a bedrock. More than just dirt, just sand. And they have to get into that bedrock to make a foundation. And if you don't build the foundation right, the house will not stand. So we choose that rock to stand on. Jesus was teaching them that and he had shared with them in other places about he was the rock. What is the rock that Jesus is talking about here that they must build on after he has finished this sermon on the mountain? He's saying that your foundation is on the rock. It is on him and his words. And your foundation for a secure future is by listening and not just hearing his words, but acting on them. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. But they had people back in their day, just as ours, that would just go up and pop up a house anywhere, and the sand was there. And you can imagine when that great water would come through, it would just take that house right down. Everything they had built, gone to waste. But there is the foundation of the rock. What is the sand? We're going to look at that today. It says, For everyone who hears the words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who has built his house on the sand. The rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against that house and it fell and great was its fall. The sand, man's opinion. What man talks about, what we think about, what we compare to. You know, we need to understand and grasp this rock. Graduates, I want to tell you this. Grab the rock, God's word. You need a faith in God. You need to know what his word says, and you need a foundation on it. 
Because when you leave from home and you go into the world, the world's going to tell you a lot of different stuff. Some of it's going to sound right. Some of it's going to sound good. You're going to probably go on to higher education. And you need to know your foundation in Jesus Christ and God's word so that when you're taught, you know the truth from the counterfeit. Shared the story before that people in the FBI that are trained to find counterfeit money, you know, they don't study counterfeit money. They study the real thing. And when they know it so well, counterfeit will just stand out to them. So I encourage you as you're moving through life, have your foundation set. It needs to be set now. Get in there and build upon that foundation so that you have something to stand on because what's going to happen in life, rain's going to come. Kind of like this morning. I don't know if any of you were watching. It was just kind of sprinkling. It was a nice little rain, but it wasn't long that that changed from just a little sprinkle to a downpour. And it began to just flood around here. I was watching the water just pour off of the roof and the floods came. In life, that's the way it is. You're just going down a long life and then all of a sudden, the storms of life come. The choices that have to be made, difficulties, parents dying, relationships breaking up, whatever they may be, the storms will come and they will beat upon you. And if you have a foundation on the rock, you'll stand the test of time. If you don't, then it will be difficult and the house may fall. What are we we looking at here too that our foundation on God? Many say that they're a born-again believer, but have they truly come to the time in their life that they understood that God had created a perfect world And that sin entered that world, and through that sin, we become separated from God, and that he sent his son, perfect, to die on the cross to pay that price so that we could be restored to him. And then his son rose again and promises to come back to us. And on faith, if we call out on his name, we will be saved, and we will have all of eternity with him. We will have a a foundation But when the difficult decisions come, where do we turn? Do we stand on that rock or did we build on the sand? Remember that lady that was speaking and she mentioned that the foundation anchors the building to prevent it moving sideways. If our foundation is not secured on Jesus Christ and his Word, the rock, the foundation, how easy it will be to be standing one moment saying we believe something and the very next moment we're sliding away. The world has a lot of religions. The world has a a lot of things to say. Many of them have a small part of truth just enough to grab us. Where's our foundation? Do our actions show where our foundation is? We don't want to slip away. Times of change makes it easy for times to slip away. 
getting out of the comfort of living with mom and dad or grandma or whoever we live with and going out and being on our own, all the freedoms, let's go. Let's go party. No more rules, no more curfews. Praise the Lord. Y'all ready for that, aren't you? But is your foundation secure enough that when you're there, you can stand on the rock and not have the sand sweep you away? See, it's our choice, two choices in life. And we must each make our own choice for our destiny. No one else can do it for us. I love a response I've gotten when sharing the Lord with someone and they were going to heaven because their mother was a believer. Their mother can't make the decision for them. I'm going to heaven. I'm at church every time the doors open. You know, that's about as much as putting a car in the garage and saying the car is the garage. Just because you're there doesn't make it. It has to be a decision of your own. We must lay the foundation two ways, the narrow gate and the wide gate. We have to choose which one we're going to go down. There are two trees, the good tree and the bad tree. Which one are we? Two foundations. Are we building on the rock or are we building on the sand? Life is about choices. We must make our choice. And in contradictory to the world, there's only two choices. Accept Jesus or reject Jesus. Call on him in faith or say maybe later. Do we choose heaven or do we choose hell? Jesus has just been speaking to the crowd. And at the end of that sermon, he gave them two analogies throughout the end. And it says there at verse 28, when Jesus had finished these words, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one having authority and not as their scribes. They were used to the scribes and the Pharisees that would repeat what they have been told. They would repeat and read from their scripture that they had. They would repeat and they would teach things that had been taught to them. But here was Jesus standing before the crowd. He didn't have to have anyone teach him. He didn't have to repeat anything. He knew who the Father was. He knew what scripture was. He was the truth. So we can stand amazed at God's word Regardless of what the world says, there is an absolute truth. And that absolute truth lies right in here. Everything we need to know about life is right in here. There is the absolute truth that there is a heaven. There is an absolute truth that there is a hell. There is an absolute truth that people will spend eternity in one or the other. And that we must make the choice. And the truth is Jesus Christ alone and no other. May you bow your heads.